0: This is Curtis Patrick from the Player Raider Podcast. Running a dynasty team is a complex job, but if you keep your finger on the pulse of player value, it becomes a whole lot easier. Join me and Ryan McDowell as we break down every angle of player value using the tools available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, such as Player ADP Comparison Tool, DLF Trade Finder, Expert
1: Rankings, and more.
0: So what's your favorite player worth? Listen to the Player Raider podcast and you'll find out. DynastyLeadFootball.com, and the DLF family of podcasts. Along with my co-hosts, James the Brain Catulus and Travis the Beard Rasmussen, I am John, John Solo, Hogue, and this is a Superflex Super Show bonus episode. We ran a little over on time on our, la- on our latest episode, on episode 43, talking about ADP. So the segment that didn't make it into the show, we're going to release it now as a bonus episode. I hope you enjoy it. Tell us what we got going on, James.
2: Um, Travis, you came up with an awesome idea of us kind of finding um, a shooting star and a falling grenade. And the shooting star is a player that we could see rising in ADP, rising 100 spots or more. And our falling grenade is a guy that we could see falling in ADP, a hundred spots or more twelve months from now. That's kind of the the segment that we 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 brought up. And obviously, I mean, we're taking major risks with with this, even trying to predict it. I mean, this is like picking a needle in the haystack. But it was really fun to do and research. So, um, Travis, you want to get us started with that?
1: Sure. My <laughs> my first one is probably not going to be. Received very well. Sorry. Um, So my shooting star is Eric Ebron. And I know, I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up, back up. Calm down, calm down. Hear me out. He's Right now he's going 148th overall. So for this to be a shooting star, he'd have to rise up to 48 overall 12 months from now. Correct. (laughs)
2: <laughs> he's looking and I think he's going Oh <laughs> Wait wait sorry he, no, He'd have, have to be it. tight end 2
1: <laughs> No no way <laughs> Really mm-hmm. No way let me see Where are we at He's going at <laughs> He's going at 148 overall Um, And So that's tight end 15 for, so for him to be a shooting star, he have to go at 48 overall, which according to this ADP would make him tight end two. But I think that—I I mean, obviously that's a ridiculous statement. He's not going to be tight end too. But I think in most drafts, there are more than two tight ends taken before the end of round four. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going to go with this argument on. And I just really—I mean, I—man, I, it's obviously crazy— and I don't want to seem like one of these Eric Ebron truthers. I I never was before this year, but when you when you pay him to come into your your organization, you put him opposite Jack Doyle, with Andrew Luck under center. It really, I mean, it's really pretty black and white for me that he's going to be the guy that that gets the majority of the tight end targets. And even if he has a decent slash above average season his his value is going to skyrocket because he's still so young and he everybody knows the athletic profile that he has i mean if he has a decent above average year everybody's going to be hopping back on board man i mean this guy everybody was on board with eric ebron up until 12 to 16 months ago 18 months ago you know where he was like finally at the end of the year three or whatever and and he was another year of a letdown but yeah i don't know that that's my whole my whole argument basically is he just needs to have an above average year and an andrew luck offense to regain the value that he had in you know his year two or year three or whatever
2: yeah, I actually don't hate it. I don't hate it at all, Travis, especially because there's a good chance that Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback, and we oh, you know God. he loves to go to the tight end. No, I so refuse that could be a good thing agreement. for Eberon.
1: I refuse to accept your reasoning for agreeing with my pick. <laughs> I'd rather you hate my pick than <laughs> spew the Jacoby Brissett garbage.
2: But look what Jack Doyle <laughs> did when he was targeted so much no, by on. Brissett. Imagine what Ebron could do because we all know – seriously, Ebron's a much better tight end than Jack Doyle. Think about what he could do with those targets.
1: John, I want that <laughs> sentence in an audio clip sent to me, please. Eric Ebron is a much better tight end than Jack Doyle. Yeah. James, James yeah. yeah You I, got it. I, yeah. Man,
0: passive <laughs> aggression is my favorite. <laughs>
1: All right, John, who's your shooting star? We'll move off of Eric Ebron.
0: All right, you guys are going to like this one. John Kelly, running back, L.A. Rams. Right now... Whoa.
2: Yes, yes.
0: So going into the draft, John Kelly was, you know, he was viewed as a possible breakout candidate, but then he lands in the absolute worst possible landing spot, or at least so it seems. Now he's ranked... his ADP is 203, He's running back 64, but I'm going to submit something to you guys real quick. Why John Kelly has a chance to play a significant role for the LA Rams this year and jump all the way into the ninth round and borderline fantasy viability. So in the last seven years, the running back one from the previous year has dropped an average of one hundred and fifty-six point seven fantasy points from from uh, their running back one year to the following year. Devonta Freeman in two thousand fifteen had the shortest drop, and he only he lost thirty-two point eight fantasy points in two thousand sixteen from two thousand fifteen. So, I mean, this it's it's not something that's repeatable. It doesn't happen again. And in fact, what tends to happen is the running back one the overall running back one in fantasy from the previous season tends to actually miss some time for various reasons. So, I mean, I've said this many times over the past several weeks. It, there's n- absolutely nothing predictive there. I don't even know for sure what's going to happen, but all I do know is for whatever reason... It it seems like the usage kind of catches up to him. Sometimes it's, it's you know, in the case of David Johnson, it was a fluky injury um, after the great 2016 season that he had. But these running backs just, they don't, they're not able to, not only are they not able to duplicate what they did the previous season, they're not even able to stay on the field. So I, I just, and I think that Todd Gurley's going to be the same thing. He's going to miss some time. The, this usage is going to catch up to him, it's going to keep him out of some games, and John Kelly is going to be able to play a role for the Rams and carve out enough of a role that even when Gurley is healthy, I think they're still going to be using John Kelly.
2: Nice. I like it. I think, I think you make a compelling case for John Kelly having some more fantasy relevance year one than I would have thought. So it's interesting. Some, some interesting numbers. What do you think, Travis?
1: don't ask him that i th- i think it's 100% injury uh reliant <laughs> all
2: right well my shooting star is Jamal Williams um right now he is uh uh overall going at uh, 142 overall he's running back 42 off the board look uh- I think Jamal Williams is going to be the starting running back for the Green Bay Packers if he is he's going to have fantasy value we've seen guys play with Aaron Rodgers running backs that have had that value and I really feel like if Jamal Williams is healthy for a full 16 slate he could do that and he could jump up to you know the uh, the fourth round uh you know even the third round as far as value goes for a starting running back I know it's a long shot you don't know what's going on with Aaron Jones you don't know what's going on with Ty Montgomery but if Jamal Williams is the lead back there and he can get the bell bell uh the bell cow share of carries i think jamal williams is a guy who can jump that 100 100 spots in an adp and uh and move up to about 42 40 range somewhere around there so I'll, I'll take a shot on jamal williams going from running back 42 to probably somewhere around running back 14 15
0: yeah i mean i whoever whoever the starting running back is in green bay is in a position to, ta- to take a huge jump in ADP in the next year. I still think it's Aaron Jones, but, I mean, you know, if it does happen to be Jamal Williams, whoever it is, is in a great situation, great opportunity, and they're going to jump quite a bit. So I'm okay with this one. I think that you got the name wrong, but uh, I the the situation is absolutely dead on.
1: Yeah, I agree. I thought about Aaron Jones too, but his ADP right now is 105 overall, so I was not willing to say he was going to be <laughs> the fifth overall startup pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think I think Aaron Jones is the guy to own, and I I mean he could jump 80 spots mm-hmm. and be a you know early third round pick for sure, uh, if not better than that. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think the situation's spot on. Um, so let's move on to the falling grenades here. Uh, we each picked a guy that we could see falling a hundred spots in ADP 12 months from now. Um, mine is going to be a little bit of a hard sell here and you guys are probably going to give me crap for this, but it's Julio Jones and I'm not saying this is absolutely going to happen, but it could. It could happen, and and it's essentially the same argument I made for Demarius Thomas earlier, which makes me think you guys are going to give me shit for it this time, too. Um, I mean, it's so, – Julio – so Julio is going to be – he's 29. He's going to be 30 years old, and it's essentially – I mean, like I said, it's the same argument. I mean, this is one of those guys who has won on his speed and – hugeness. I mean, this he's an athletic freak. But he's already shown obviously, you know, the whole stigma of Julio in the red zone and, and I know he's had you know, he had nineteen red zone targets, I think, last year, but he didn't convert on them. Uh and this guy is I mean he's always I know we I mean, especially me, I don't believe in the injury prone label. This guy has recurring injuries, and and there's a difference between saying someone's injury prone and saying someone has a problem. And and this guy's got soft tissue issues. Um, re- he's got recurring foot and ankle problems, and they're they're recurring injuries in that they don't, you know, they don't heal all the way, and he plays on them, and then they they bug him right, and so they hamper. He's hampered every year. I mean, this guy is... Julio Jones is one of the best receivers we've ever seen. And he had 1,400 yards last year. So I'm not trying to say he's a bum by any means. But again, I think he is on the career trajectory of a Demarius Thomas or a Dez Bryant or an Andre Johnson and that the drop-off comes extremely quickly. And I could see a world in which... He, you know, he's in that Jordy Nelson territory next year, where nobody really wants him on their team. I, I will say though, that I think that probably comes two years from now, if anything. But I'm just cautious, and that I, I'm definitely trying to get rid of Julio off of my dynasty teams while I can, and and that might seem ridiculous because he's an elite wide receiver. But I mean, we're playing the long term game here.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, none of these guys are going to actually drop a hundred spots. That's not going to happen. It's it, you know, that's a kind of a nice round number for us to shoot for a little bit in this exercise, but it's, it's not actually going to happen. Julio Jones could definitely drop, you know, uh, several rounds. That's definitely possible. I do think that you're kind of overestimating the, the running back cliff. I mean Andre Johnson was being drafted way the wide
1: receiver Cliff.
0: Yeah, yeah, the wide receiver Cliff. Andre Johnson was being drafted way ahead of his talent, you know, as a member of the Colts, as a member of the Titans. He, you know, he uh his last his last couple seasons he was way over drafted.
1: And I, so I mean this isn't this isn't about But he was drafted there. I mean your your yeah. opinion on whether or not he was over drafted. I mean but when he was being drafted there, he was being drafted there. And that's that's my point.
0: No, that's And he was at he was point.
1: at one point an elite fantasy option. Yeah, he was,
0: but I mean even when he stopped my point is that even when these guys stop being an elite fantasy option, we still hang on to that. We still we we still overdraft these guys, and we still their ADP stays much higher than it probably should be, even when they do hit that cliff that you're talking about. Which does I don't think it necessarily happens at thirty, but you know when it does hit, there's still several years where they get drafted to be a wide receiver to maybe a flex option. People were drafting Andre Johnson with the Colts. You know, to, to be a wide receiver, too. And, I mean, I don't think he really even made it on the field for them that season. So, I mean, Julio Jones is going to be drafted on name value alone in 2019, regardless of how he performs in 2018.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I think I think Travis kind of mentioned it later on in that, it's probably more of a gradual thing, in my opinion. And I think, John, I think you kind of nailed it too is that, you know, name recognition, people are still going to, you know, even if he doesn't deserve to be drafted as highly as maybe he will, uh, some people are just going to say, ah, oh, it was just a bad season you know, and and they'll still be willing to draft him, I think. Uh, I, I, I agree with, with both of you guys, though. I do think that, you know, he could he could easily fall, you know, three, four rounds um, this year, and then, you know, the rest of the fall could happen in, in, in another year or so. Um, but, so, you know, I could see, I mean, the argument that Travis is making trying to, to get rid of him on all his fantasy teams, I could understand that if that's how you feel. Uh, I, I definitely think that if, if, if we're going to start devaluing wide receivers at 30 then it should change the way that we're drafting because a lot of people are devaluing running backs at 30 and saying that receivers have more value because they're they're you know their longevity, and if that's not going to be the case, then I think I think we you know running backs probably gain a whole lot more value in my eyes. But um, just just in general, but no, I, d- I definitely do feel like uh, like Julio is one of those guys that I could see. I've I've never been all that high on Julio over the past couple of years, and um, a lot of it is like Travis mentioned that red zone thing, and I, I don't see that going up. And you know, the drafting of Calvin Ridley is another thing that you know I mean. I don't know if that helps him or if it takes targets away from him. And if it does, then, you know, that might hurt him too. So uh, I think those are all valid points, but I don't know that a guy that's going as high as Julio is um, can fall off that cliff that quickly is is my only concern with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I am kind of curious about the age cliffs a little bit. I don't have it in front of me. I know I can pull it up at ffstatistics.com, Addison Hayes' website and database. And I absolutely intend to do so, because I'm now I'm curious about that. But let me give you guys a falling grenade real quick. And again, not going to fall 100 spots. It's not going to happen. And in this case, it's probably not even possible, as Travis mentioned before the show even started. But I've got Deshaun Watson. Right now, he's quarterback 4, 17 overall ADP, and... It's based on a very small sample size, as fun as he was to watch and as good as he was for your fantasy teams in 2017. I think that there's a very real possibility that Deshaun Watson comes back down to earth, turns back into a pumpkin, so to speak. And 2018 could be a very rough year for Deshaun Watson. And, And I could see him dropping quite a bit in quarterback rankings for sure. Which would probably pull him down in ADP as well. It's not going to be a hundred point drop. It's not or a hundred spot drop, but it could be precipitous for sure.
2: Yeah, that's that's totally interesting. I I um I don't know. I, I I feel like at quarterback, if you've proven even in a four game stretch, if you've proven that you can be an elite quarterback. Even if he has a terrible year, I still feel like uh, he's going to get a starting opportunity somewhere, and that's enough for him to at least maintain enough value to where he doesn't drop that hundred spots. Like you said, you know, it's uh, dropping a hundred spots is, I mean, I, I don't even know, you know, if that's possible. Or uh, we really have to look into, you know, when it last happened and how often it happens because it probably doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, but I, I could see a dip. I mean, you know, he's he's going really high right now. Based on you know a, a for a small sample size that we've seen, and you know who knows? I mean that that may have been you know a hot streak for him, and he comes in and he looks pretty average, you know, like you said, and you know he falls. I don't, I still don't think he can fall that much, but I you know he could very well uh, fall a few rounds. I still think his youth and uh, the fact that he gets to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins is is going to be a huge uh, boost for him, but. Uh, yeah, I, c- I could definitely see him struggling and falling a little bit. So
1: I, so the only case that can be made is that he's RG3 basically. RG3 went from uh, number nine overall in 2014 ADP to – let me scroll down here. <laughs> 191 overall. <laughs> Ugh. Man, I hope in 2015. Wow. I hope
0: that doesn't happen. As much as I'm sitting so, here making the call, I really would, yeah. I would. love to see Deshaun Watson stay somewhere near where he's at. Definitely not that type of drop, and then especially not just kind of a career killer. You know,
1: isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, that's gross.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I'm gonna correct myself. That was, no, that was QB9. So he was actually he was actually 78 overall. But still, so from 78 overall, this is in, in one QB ADP. So this is not Superflex ADP. He went from the QB9 in, at, at 78 overall all the way down to 191 overall. So he still dropped 100 and, 120 something points. 127 spots in one, in one year wow
2: that's crazy so
1: it, I mean it's not impossible but obviously we know that was you know largely due to injury and and that sort of thing but yeah I mean just Desha- Deshaun Watson's 22 years old man and I'm not on board with his current ADP by any means and I think we should expect I mean we need to pump the brakes a little bit on this guy for sure uh but he's twenty two he's got upside i think he's gonna be in the top you know ten to fifteen quarterbacks for at least three or four years it, and that's worst case scenario yeah no that's probably right but it's not impossible nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: it's happening because yeah goes yeah. The yeah, RG3 precedent.
0: Route. yeah yeah I hope not
2: yeah same here same here okay so I'm going to go ahead with the last falling grenade, and you guys can tell me how crazy I am afterwards, but my falling grenade is Devontae Freeman. Um, Right now, he is uh, going 40th overall in in our ADP ranking, which is running back 13. For him to fall 100 spots, he would have to go to where my shooting star is, uh, which is 142, Jamal Williams, and that's running back 42. So... Look for Devontae Freeman to fall this hard. Really, it's going to have to be injury related, and he's had several concussions already. Here's my concern. My concern is, is if he has a concussion early in the year, and Tevin Coleman gets the opportunity to be the bell cow back for multiple weeks and really runs with it, what if Atlanta realizes, hey, look, man, we we need this guy. What what what's going to happen in the next concussion? You know, is Freeman even going to come back and play? How long is it going to take him? You know, we spent a lot of money on Devontae Freeman. Maybe we should limit him to 8 to 10 carries a game and try to get something out of him um, because they're not going to be able to move him. So I I really feel like that injury concern with Devontae Freeman is there and it's real, and it could limit his role moving forward to where he may end up dropping a bunch. So I I could be totally wrong on this, but I I really feel like the injury risk for Devontae Freeman is what makes him one of those guys that I'm staying away from, I don't own any shares anywhere. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I've kind of washed my hands with him because I'm really worried that the next concussion could either end his career or, uh, could, could really significantly decrease his value. And he's, it's a shame because he's, he's a really kind of a, a fun story, you know, uh, when he comes into the week and he kind of, kind of took the league by storm in Atlanta when he did finally get an opportunity there. So, um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope he continues to play at a high level, but I, I really feel like there's some concern, enough concern there that I think he'll start dropping. Not to mention the fact that he's a running back. Those running backs that have a lot of uh, wear and tear end up hitting that wall and end up. Being the type of players that can can drastically fall down, uh, you know ADP rankings uh, from one season to another uh, more significantly than some of the other players at some of the other positions. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my argument against Devonte Freeman at least.
1: Yeah, man, I'm honestly totally on board with this take. Uh, I've been pretty vocal about my Devonta Freeman concerns uh, for a while now, and. and yeah, I mean he's had three concussions in his, in the last 3 years. Uh, and man, those are those are an injury you don't want to mess with really. And even further, he's 5'8, 206 pounds, which granted is a is a pretty solid BMI, but I mean we're talking, you know, prototypical NFL bell cows that he he does not fit that bill. Uh so you've got concerns there. I mean, I don't know. I just I, I think that you know the the size, I only mentioned the size in in the vein of adding to kind of the overall concern of that you know, if he has already had these three concussions, what I don't know, like is he going to be able to hold up? and that's really what it is. He's a little guy. And this is the NFL. You know, it doesn't really have to be harder than that. Sometimes he's a little guy. This is the NFL. He's already had multiple injuries and multiple head injuries, uh, and his production has decreased every year for three years now. So it's just kind of a, a bleak picture to be painted. So I, I'm on board with this with this take here. Uh, I'm interested to hear John's opinion. Really,
0: that feels like a first. I'm I'm gonna savor this one for a minute. I mean, I'm not really, but I gotta say it for the show. You know oh, what I mean? okay, gotcha. <laughs> I could give a shit, honestly. Okay. There it is. That yeah, is boom. There's another one. <laughs> All is right in the world. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that Devonta Freeman is the most likely of our three grenades to fall the farthest. I think he will fall fall the farthest, most likely. And uh, I mean, he just he's at a position that can, you know, when that cliff hits, it it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it just you just plummet. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on board with this one. I still don't know that it's going to be a full 100 spots, but uh, man, it could be close. <laughs> if if this goes away, we all think that it could this year it could be close and that man so maybe maybe the action item there is draft ito smith towards the end of your rookie drafts ah there you go we're we're here we are thinking devonta freeman is at the end of his rope and uh, i mean we're probably burying him prematurely but i it it's very possible and Tevin Coleman's a free agent, and we think he's probably outro. So, yeah, we could be looking at Ito Smith as the lead back in Atlanta in 2019.
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thought. I don't,
1: man. I I like where you're headed. I don't know about lead back, but I, I like where you're headed with that for sure. And as far as us burying him too early, it's probably true. But I'm in – so this is just one league, but I'm in one league where the Devonta Freeman owner has legitimately been trying to get rid of him for two months, mm-hmm. maybe even three months. <laughs> and he's sent me multiple offers. He sent everybody else multiple offers. And finally, a couple weeks ago – like two weeks ago, he he was in the group chat and he was like, does nobody want this guy? Like he straight up came out and was like, "Does nobody want Devonta Freeman?" This crazy. And I was just like, "Yeah." I mean, it was it's this crazy thing where I don't. I mean, it almost sounds you know, man. A couple months from now, we could be we could be just on the complete opposite side where we you know we're thinking the hate went too far or whatever. Obviously, we could be wrong, but there there are too many signs pointing in that direction where i think he's not he's not somebody i am targeting by any i don't know ho- i don't own him in a single league and i'm not upset about it yeah i think i'm at that point too i i
0: traded my last share away i actually got back jordan howard just because i feel like there's a little bit more long-term potential there believe it or not so there you have it. To borrow a baseball term, there's three up and three down. Three players dropping, three players rising, and two episodes, including this bonus episode from the Superflex Super Show. Just real quick, I want to ask you one more time to rate and review the podcast if you're listening on iTunes, and subscribe wherever you listen. And send us your trades, at Show on Twitter, we can retweet them for you. We can get you more comments and more votes, and we can even analyze them right here on the podcast. Also, follow Travis at TravisNFL. James is at underscore JamesThebrain, and I'm at SuperflexDude. And of course, the show itself at SuperflexShow. Thank you to the rest of the DLF family of podcasts for all of the love and support. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio. For the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music and thank you to each and every one of you for listening and until next week, stay sexy and super flexy Bye!